This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you ready for this? It's me telling you about a stand-up show. That's right, I tricked you. You thought it was the start of the episode. I'm so sorry. The episode's just about to start. But I wanted to tell you, San Diego, I'm doing stand-up in your town. Friday, June 17th, two shows at Soda Bar. Come on out. This is the first time, I think, second time I'm doing stand-up out on the road uh, since I recorded my special. So come on out, Bananimals. Let's pack the soda bar out, and we'll have a darn good time. And now, this wonderful episode of Bananas. All right, Scott, are you ready? Ooh, I am ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Here it is. Okay. It was not a crime. Denver man faces felony after city accuses him of making pickleball court without permission. Okay. You know, it doesn't sound like a crime, but um, let's slap some cuffs on a brand new episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Uh, there is my favorite human being, Scotty Landis. And there is my dude that I'm going camping with this weekend, the one and only Kurt Brownoler. Kurt, do we want to announce any tour stuff or anything before I, we get into our special, special guest? I do want to say, just reminding everyone, Denver, June 7th and 8th, Asbury Park, hometown show, July 14th. Yep. And Bell House, Brooklyn, New York, July 17th. And, of course, all the other dates, San Francisco and Portland. Yeah, be there. Austin, just be there. Have fun Um, for once in your life. You've been indoors for two years. Come out, have fun, drink with the banana boys. stop not having fun and enjoy yourself. We're going to have fun on this episode because our guest today Mm. is an amazing comedian. She was the first Latina woman to write, produce, and star in her own primetime network sitcom. She's got an excellent Netflix special called Lower Classy and another one on the way. Her memoir, Music to My Years is available everywhere now, as well as her podcast, To Be Continued. Please welcome Christella Alonzo. Oh, I love it. Kurt, you are like the best wingman ever. Like, you're throwing like you're throwing my credits at me, and I'm like, I want to see her. Like, yeah, <laughs> I buy a ticket. Like, I mean, seriously. I mean, geez, oh, have you ever considered life coaching? Like, the, the joy you bring by just putting yeah. in that attitude into like... Yeah. Oh, you make me want. Like, you know, like when when you have a gig and somebody sends uh, asks for a bio, and I like for yes. me, I always hate sending the bio. Me too. Me so too. embarrassing. Not if you read it. Oh my okay. god! <laughs> I'll just call them up. I can offer that as a free service oh. to you whenever you want it. Oh my if you god. want to bring me on tour, I'll just on the God mic just introduce god. you. You know what? I would love to bring you on as God, <laughs> play the part of God yes. on my next tour. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, actually. Well, we'll keep it going, too, because, Christelle, I'll gas you up a little bit more right off the top. Netflix Netflix is an interesting place because they force you to watch things. Some people hate it, like Bird Box. Bird Box, they were like, guess what, motherfuckers? You're watching this movie no matter I know, and I was like, I don't want to watch this movie, and I watched the whole thing. It's very Clockwork Orange. (laughs) Yeah, they push it, but it also works in your favor, especially for stand-ups. I hadn't seen you perform stand-up, and then in 20, probably 2018, 2017, I guess, maybe, they pushed your special on the banner, and I was like, I don't know Christella. I'd heard of your show. I turned it on, and I think Lower Classy is fantastic. It's so good. Thank you. I know you have a new one coming out, but there was one bit that is, the best comedy bits are the ones that stick with you years later, and it was that your mom bought 
picture frames with white families in them and hung them on the wall and <laughs> then so would true. compare you to the kids so in true. the picture frame. <laughs> like, it's so true. It's so true. That's the funniest. Shit, like, I was honestly, crying. For real, like, why can't you be like your cousin Peggy? Why didn't you graduate? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Uh, I fucking love that bit. And even though you have a new one coming out, for anybody, yes. all the bananas who haven't watched Lower Classy, go back. It is the most solid hour on Netflix. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much, it. man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's so weird to think that one came out in 2017. It took Damn. me a while. You know, it's what 2022. Sometimes I forget what year it is. Yeah, isn't yeah, it weird? Of that the, oh yeah. I don't know why the lockdown started, and for some reason, I started thinking that every week has three Thursdays. Like I would yes. wake up and I'm like, is today Thursday? <laughs> it's like it's never it's never Thursday. But you know, you think about it, it's like it's been five years, and there's a lot of comics that. Uh, like they can come up with an hour yeah. with nothing, sure. you know. And sure, it's like sure, for sure. me, it's like I don't work that way. It's like I me don't neither. work that. It's like you just you can't. It's like it's because I feel like sometimes people there's comics that want to hit sixty minutes, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's different than actually having sixty if minutes that you want to show. Yeah, right. that's exactly. Right. I want one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Especially yeah. if you're doing other things like writing a book, uh, you know, and making television. You know, it's like with all that other thing, like kind of like I find if I just want to do stand up, I have to only focus on stand up. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I'm, I'm doing way. it and writing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it, I'm I'm the same way, and it's so funny because you realize, especially in like just in LA, for example. Stand up is so big, and the neighborhoods yes. and like the groups and everything are so big that yeah. sometimes people don't understand when there's a, a, a Twitter catastrophe, right? A Twitter catastrophe. Sure. Like it's yeah. you know, it. Sometimes they'll ask me my opinion. I'm like, I've never met that comic. Yeah, and yes, they don't understand that they're like, but you, you're a comic, and you're in LA, and blah blah blah, and, <laughs> and that's when you realize that we're all working on our like on different things. Yes, you know, yeah, always. And for me, I'm the same way. Like Kurt, if I'm doing stand up, I only do stand up. I yeah. cannot because it's different thinking, it's different mm -hmm. mindsets. Yes. Writing anything is. for TV is different than writing anything for stand up, and it's just it, it messes with you, it fucks with you, you know. But yeah. so yeah, it's that thing. Yeah, it, it's really interesting how sometimes I'll I'll see specials of people that I know of and yes, have known exactly. them for like a decade plus, mm -hmm. and only now. When Netflix pops it up, I'm like, oh, look, yes, I forgot. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so weird. It's so it's weird. It's good. It's a smart thing for them to do. And if you're one of the comics that doesn't get that banner ad that starts running, it really hurts. It actually is, like, very not helpful, too. Yeah. So congratulations <laughs> on getting that. And I'm sure middle class, you'll get that, too. <laughs> well, it's also weird when they pick the banner. And you're like, I'm sorry. What makes oh, you I think know. that, like, to me, it's, a, they always, for the longest time, they kept showing me narcos. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> You're Latina. We I know, know this. Like, hey, I know. It's like, oh, my people. Like, it's just so silly. It's it's also really interesting. I was told by someone who like met the I don't know one of the higher up on Netflix people is that Netflix they feed the algorithm like the image that pops up for your special or for a TV show or whatever. The algorithm has a choice of like fifteen photographs and it just mm -hmm. keeps testing them mm -hmm. until it finds the mm -hmm. picture that makes people click on it the most. That's crazy. And some some uh, like TV shows like Peaky Blinders, for instance. Peaky Blinders, the image just started being after that chess show got popular. Mm -hmm. You know, the chess show yeah, with the yeah, hot yeah. woman. She has chess. a very, very small part in one season of Peaky Blinders, but now Peaky Blinders is just her face. <laughs> yeah, Anna Taylor Joy or whatever. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. had like a couple episodes in one season. <laughs> I, Peaky Blinders is now known as Checkmate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just renamed it. No one cares. And Nobody no one cares. cares at all. <laughs> um, all right, are you guys ready to hear about this story? Yes, yes let's do remind it. Remind us. Here it is. It was not a crime. True. Denver man faces felony after city accuses him of making pickleball court without permission. Okay. Uh, this was sent in by Paige Hardy on Instagram. Thank you, Paige. Thank you, Paige. This is uh, coming at you hot <laughs> from Oof. Denver 7 ABC. Are you kidding me? They don't get much hotter than Denver 7 ABC. <laughs> Best this in the Business. Uh, the best, actually, the best of the business is by CB Cotton. Oh, CB, CB Cotton, Cotton <laughs> is the number one. 
at 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 the number one. She's the number one at the number one. Cotton bottom cotton. Here is Denver. (laughs) Cotton bottom cotton. A 71-year-old Denver man is facing a felony charge after city officials say he made a pickleball court without permission. Uh With prosecution on the table, some believe the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Oh, really? Quote, (laughs) the whole pickleball community is really saddened and shocked, said Jan Denver, a friend of 71-year-old Arslan Gunny and fellow pickleball player. Gunny and others use a basketball court at Denver's Central Park Recreation Center right. for pickleball. Last Monday, the markings on the court had faded, so Gunny remarked them with a Sharpie. He used a Sharpie. Three uh, days later, an arrest warrant for criminal felony criminal no. mischief was issued for Gunny. The court documents also claims $10,000 in damages. Gunny oh, received come on. an email. Blah, blah, blah. The game, a mix of tennis, racquetball, and ping pong, <laughs> just throw them all together, yeah. is one Gunny has played for years, Finally. according to close friends. Uh, everyone's shocked and appalled. Quote, he is what we call the mayor of pickleball, Dever said. Cool title. He is an expert player himself, but always takes time to slow down his game to teach other people to play with any ability. Nice. Uh, this keeps going on. Basically, so, he, so a felony is like very... Uh, it's a big charge, a felony. So what they're sure. trying to do is get it so that he doesn't just get arrested. Because with a felony, you have to automatically be put in jail until you're hearing. Mm. Uh, and so they're trying to avoid that. He's just like a 71-year-old man who's like, I love pickleball. Mm-hmm. And Denver seems to have a real... It's the Denver's Parks and Recreation Departments have a real pickleball stick up their ass about this guy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's it. There's a warrant out for his arrest. Uh, good luck to Gunny. I uh, yeah. don't know how to pronounce Free his Gunny. name. Free Gunny. That's my, not a big deal. My first thought is, what if we find out that Gunny is Banksy? <laughs> Ooh, what an installation. I mean, look, I'm sorry. If it was Banksy, everybody would be losing their shit. Like, yeah. holy shit. This pickleball court is a metaphor for where we are right now in society. <laughs> they would have put a giant piece of plexiglass yes. over it, and no one would be allowed to yeah. like play pickleball on it anymore. It's, it's, Exactly. It's Pickleball Banksy, like, which, by the way, sounds like an amazing TV show I want to see. Pickleball Banksy is a great show. And also, that's the best place to hide. If you don't want to be found by the art elite, play, be, uh, being the mayor of Pickleball in Denver, no one's coming to look for you, man. <laughs> it makes sense, right? And yeah. I mean, immediately, you're just, like, the, the thing with the marker, immediately, I'm like, whoa, like, this is just, like, what a slow day that was. Or, like, what a slow day. <laughs> Three days later. A summit, so that mean, I mean, just the machinate, like, the, the, the city machinery that needed to kick in yeah. after so Someone marked up a pickleball court is pretty insane. I imagine yeah. that, uh, like that moment happening where, like, the cops are like, "I don't care about that murder. We got more serious <laughs> things happening. <laughs> <laughs> Let the murderer go. We got pickleball violations. He's dead. Where he's dead. He's not going anywhere. We got somebody with a sharpie drawing extremely small lines on a very large basketball court, playing a sport that only white people know about." <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so glad you said that because I have no fucking clue what pickleball is. Yeah, I had to look up. I don't know what pickleball is either. I had to look it up, and I watched a video. I'm not kidding you. A seven minute video that kept saying pickleball is a really easy sport, and then it just had seven minutes of incredibly intricate rules. And at the end, I don't know how to play pickleball. I know that it's somewhat like tennis, but you stand a little closer to like the net, and the, sure. the things that you use are like more like. Paddles. paddles than they are like but I've it's all it's played by mostly senior citizens but isn't that like um, most videos that you look up though like sometimes on yes. YouTube like how to unlock this lock and it's like a yes. seven minute video yeah. just want it yes. just write it down just, I don't want to watch a video I just want to look at the steps I That's know all I want I know it's what, a, best. what a weird case the yeah. first time I ever heard of pickleball was I used to have this other podcast called wedlock Folks, go listen to Wedlock. If sure. You want. It's on Audible, <laughs> I think. Um, it was my wife and I. It was all about marriage. And so we, I guess, dared each other to go to a nudist <laughs> retreat. Oh, okay. And so we went, we flew to Arizona and went to this nudist retreat. Together. And we were nude, but it was like, it just happened to be like winter in Arizona, so it was like 58 degrees out. Oh. So no one else was nude. <laughs> oh. People 
were still there to play pickleball because oh. they play pickleball nude all the time. Yeah, um, there's the and name we're... for you. Pickleballs. Pickleballs. And that is the first time I ever heard of pickleball, and they were just talking up pickleball. It's it's like older people, and we were just like kind of fascinated by like who is going to nudist retreats and if and because they all swear that it's not sexual you know like that's their thing we're always like is this sexual then they're like it's not and you're like okay uh uh-huh but it's a little sexual right (laughs) like after a few drinks you guys are pairing off they're like no no it's not at all we just love the the naturalist uh idea of it and we were just trying to like get down to the bottom of it all standing around nude yeah Um, of course by the way after about 30 minutes it becomes pretty normal and even though we were the only ones nude the whole time uh it was like pretty normal and this is the thing that i found that i thought was most fascinating and i might have said this on this podcast before but the reason they like it and this is the part that i like about it is that they're like you don't know when when everyone's naked right there are no markings of society there is no there's no outward uh, examples of money or status or job or right. anything. You could be talking to a plumber or you could be talking to a surgeon or you could be talking to an artist or you could be talking to a bus driver. Right. And you don't, there's no like, it, it's, a, it's less judgment overall. And I thought that that was very cool. But I still also think they fuck. I think they also fuck. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> There's no way. There's, There's no, no way, way they don't after a couple of drinks. I, I mean, look, if I'm seeing like a hot guy, like just naked, I'm not mm-hmm. like, wow, I, I wonder if he's a book reader. Do you have a book club? You seem so learned <laughs> and educated. <laughs> Let's go lay down and talk about your book collection for 20, 25 minutes. Also, you know, can I just say that from that story, I, I think, so they're nudists, but they also have their limits with weather. So like, Yes. Like, yeah. Because they're nudists in Arizona. So Do you know like, what I mean? When is they're the breaking? Where, where's the breaking barrier where you're just like, I love nudity, but also Patagonia. Yes. Like, you don't want to be trapped in these clothes when it's 75 and sunny and there's not any wind or rain. These clothes are a prison. There was a kid in my high school. I think this is a well-known thing to all high schools um, that just wore shorts every day for all four oh, years, no uh-huh. matter. And I'm from Maryland. So four seasons, it snows and gets cold. And one day, walking from one building to, like, the art building, it was snowing. It was fr- I was freezing in a jacket. And I just said to this guy, he was older than me, I was like, why don't you wear pants, man? And he was so sweet about it. He goes, I just, I just don't really like the way pants feel. I don't like wearing pants. And we just stood there and just kept walking. <laughs> and I never talked to the guy again. But I was like... <laughs> He didn't, like, lie to me. He didn't go, like, well, you have to understand. I accidentally was choked with pants when I was a kid. Like, it's just like, I just don't like wearing pants. I don't like the way they feel. And I'm like, you know what? Live how you want to live, brother. It's actually a great answer. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, like, it's a great answer. Just for anything. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> um, all right. I got one for you, too. Uh, Wooden Tape sent this on on Instagram. Thank you. You can send your stories to The Banana Podcast on Instagram. DM us. We respond. Uh, this was in Thrillist, which is a real website, written by Tony Maravik, who is really good at his job. I would say he's the best yeah, in he's, the business. He's the best typer at Thrillist. Absolutely. Uh, Genius lands 10 job interviews by dressing up like a delivery driver and delivering his resume in boxes of donuts. So, Wait, pretty smart. What? Oh, pretty wow. Smart. Uh, Lucas. So, okay. Yeah, here we go. Lucas. Yeah, give it to me. And I don't know how to say this last name. It's Lithuanian. It's Y L A. So, we're going to call him Yala. Yeah. Ile? Lucas Yala. A 25-year-old Lithuanian marketing professional looking for work in San Francisco said he has made 40 donut resume deliveries to recruiters in the area. 40. He goes to marketing agencies and tech firms posing as a Postmates delivery man uh, on the outside. And then in the packages, they look like a fancy box of donuts. And, with, and when you open them up, easily enough, uh, the recipient will find not just a few sugary donut rings, but Yala's resume front and center. Genius, right? When reached for email on Wednesday, Yala said it was a bit odd to pose as a delivery worker at first, but the strategy has been paying off. Perhaps unsurprisingly, he has already landed several job interviews. Quote, 
I had TED job interviews so far, and I haven't delivered donuts to all the companies I admire and love what they're doing yet. Recruiters, marketing pros, and people out of the uh, people in general love this kind of approach. It's something you didn't expect. It's fun and out of the box. Very clever. Is it, it laying on? Here's my question: Is it just laying on top of the donuts, or did he tape it to like the? It's box? on the inside, so you open the box, and it starts with like a resume is blah blah blah, and then there's three or four donuts down below. So okay, it, great. it's not greasy. So it's, it's like not that. greasy. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um, he said. Also, the, it's so easy. Yeah. Smart. It's so easy. That's like such an easy thing. I mean, other than having to buy boxes and donuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's low overhead. He said the competition is so intense. Uh, in San Francisco that it compelled him to come up with this new strategy to stand out. I was looking for the most direct way to reach decision makers at the companies, he said via email, and I thought that I might fail competing on a resume-only level with other candidates that have better work experience. Well, now he's certainly getting recruiters' attention thanks to those delicious donuts, says <laughs> Tony Merivick, the best in the business, and we wish him the best of luck. There you go. Uh... Just cut what to the sweetie. job interview where they're like, why do you need this job? Because I keep spending my fucking money on yeah. <laughs> I am buried in cream debt. I am so sorry. <laughs> cream debt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's a cover band for something. Cream debt. Yeah, we're, we're too free for. We're cream debt. <laughs> I um, remember, didn't we have an idea to bring hot dogs into a pitch and just hand hot dogs out so everyone was eating hot dogs while yes, we were pitching? we did have that idea. We never yes, did it. We never did it. We also had a fallback response. Crystal, you've pitched TV shows before. It's very awkward. Pitched and sold. I love the hot dogs. Like, honestly, you said it. I'm like, who doesn't love a hot dog? Yeah, yes. right? We and you know, it's not something mode. you're going to buy for yourself. But if you're handed one, oh, you're totally. like, all right, I don't totally. love a fucking hot dog. Oh, my God. That's so true. And honestly, let's face it. People have bought for less. <laughs> they've, yes. They've yes. bought TV shows for less. It's like, exactly. I love you in red. Let's do this. <laughs> Three seasons. <laughs> there was one pitch where Kurt and I went in to pitch this show to Comedy Central. Um, it wasn't the hot dog show, but we went in and we were pitching to the most junior executives you could ever pitch to, like people that had just gotten hired at Comedy Central. And then the the old Viacom They were eight building, and nine years old. <laughs> they were nine years old. They were, yeah, they were eating. We were cutting their hot dogs for them and they were rubbing them in ketchup on paper plates. And while Kurt and I are pitching something that was such a tight pitch and everybody over at Viacom used to have glass offices and glass conference centers so you could see everybody in every direction. Across the hallway, Doug Benson was pitching to all the senior executives who were like rolling out of their chairs laughing, <laughs> crying, like head tipped back. And we're pitching to four of the angriest millennials. <laughs> Yeah, nine and ten years old. And then they were like, thanks, guys. Really fun show. And like walked away. And I'm like, well, cool. We're pitching interns. We suck. It's so humiliating. It's so humiliating. They didn't work at Comedy Central. They were delivering donuts with their resume. Yes. Did you do that early on, Christelle? Did you like when you were starting out in stand up, did you like make business cards or postcards or have headshots? We had to. With, yeah, I mean, right. That, see, this is the thing, right? When you started stand up. First of all, when I started stand-up, radio still worked. Like, yes. you, could sell, you could sell tickets with radio, like doing yeah. morning radio and stuff. Absolutely. The clubs, now I'm going to date myself, but young younger yeah. comics, the clubs used to promote you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. The clubs used to promote you years ago. You could actually get work as a feature. Crazy. And you, could, yeah. you know, it, it was so different. But yeah, you had to. Like, look. When I started, that's when MySpace really was about to blow up. Oh, yeah, and sure. all the comics, I mean, we all had websites all of a sudden, right? <laughs> like, yeah. We all had websites. Like yeah. That was our website, you know, little glitter graphic. Like, oh, she's in glitter. <laughs> she's got to be hilarious. <laughs> My boss rose and fell so quickly. It is, like, astonishing how MySpace was, like, every single person I knew had it. And then one and a half years later, everybody's like, don't use it. Hate that website. And then it was just gone. It's a yes. really weird thing. Yes, well, you yeah. know, but Tom sold it for so much. He's doing fine. Tom's everybody's buddy. Everybody's Tom's everybody's buddy. friend. Everybody's <laughs> right. Buddy. When you st when you signed up for MySpace, you had one friend, right? And it was Tom. Tom <laughs> yeah. right? Looking back yeah, yeah. at you over his shoulder, like thumbs <laughs> up. I know. He's just like, hey, you That's... still there? Like, <laughs> Doesn't matter so if you're funny. a murderer or later you got convicted for a felony. Tom was still right there looking over his shoulder at you like you're doing. <laughs> 
You know, I'm thinking about the resume story, too, and I start thinking, like, imagine all these people reading this article that, like, just have all this debt. They don't, mm-hmm. They've been working on their resume, and they're like, right. mm-hmm. all I needed was a fucking donut. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. It is all I had it takes. This, I had this job. I needed, I moved to Atlanta right after I graduated college. I was 21, and I needed money. I was, I was in debt, and I needed money. So I was taking any odd job I could get. People would recommend me for things. And somebody was like, I saw a hiring sign and I was like, where? And they were like, Big Al's Christmas trees in Decatur. And I was like, okay. So I show up and it's in the Whole Foods parking lot in Decatur. And the two people, I was 21, the two people hired me were 23. It was like a young couple. (laughs) They had a little like a trailer situation. And they were like, hey, we live in Vermont. We come down every year. We make $30,000 in six weeks selling Christmas trees in Atlanta. And then we drive back up. And I was like, okay, when can I start? They're like, hey, we're going to pay you 10 bucks an hour. And here's how you use the shaking thing that shakes the shit out of the needles. And then you bag it up and you can keep any tips you want. So for like three weeks before Christmas, I sold Christmas trees. And it's a really interesting like look into people's psyche because the most expensive tree trees were called noble furs are yeah. they any better no. no but they were like 150 dollars when all the other <laughs> ones were like 40 dollars or 50 dollars we sold out of those first everybody wanted the expensive one whoa really crazy i strapped so many of those onto so many lexus suvs and land rovers and forerunners down there it was like it was great but then so i was like hey do i have to work um, I was like, oh, I said like my goodbyes on Christmas Eve. I was like, thanks guys, this was really helpful. I was able to like buy my girlfriend the time and everybody Christmas gifts and all that. And they're like, can you work tomorrow? And I was like, Christmas Day. They were like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, do people what? buy Christmas trees on Christmas days? And they're like, yes. So I show up on Christmas morning at six a.m. I'm freezing, even though it's in Decatur, and they are gone. Their trailer is gone. All the leftover trees are there, and I sold nine trees and made $500, more than $500 cash on Christmas morning. Oh, whoa. They just let let you keep it. That's awesome. They had made their money. I think they were done with it, and they didn't want to break it all down, so they took all the machinery and stuff and just left the trees standing there, I guess, for the next guy to deal with. (laughs) And I stood there and just paid, people paid me cash. But I... (laughs) It's like when you see luggage at the airport, and you're like, who is buying luggage at the airport? I was like, who is buying a Christmas tree on, on Christmas, Christmas morning? And it's like the alcoholic dad that suddenly wakes up in a bar and goes, it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Got to go to Whole Foods. It was the best job I've ever had in my entire life. $500 a day selling Christmas trees to, like, cold old guys on Christmas morning. What are we doing on this podcast? Like, I know. Like, seriously. <laughs> we need a tree business. Yeah. yeah. No oh, what we would we be doing? good. The three of us on Christmas oh, trees, oh, we clean. We would kill oh. it. We would kill it. Oh, my God. We, we'd start a whole new class called, like, the Super Duper Noble Fur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 400 bucks, but, man, it fucks. I know the trees are naked, but you know they want to fuck. <laughs> Look Just at like this the nudist. Just like the nudist. Look at it. I'll shake it for you, then I'll strap it to the top of your car. Keep the twine. The twine's free. All right, wow. Curtis B, you want to tease us into a sick ass commercial break? Sounds good. Here it is. Cool, dude. Experience. <laughs> uh, Cohen, I let a baby bird nest in my hair for 84 days. Oh, God. Well, how long is birds bait? Okay, we'll get into it when we come back on some (laughs) wonderful bananas. Folks, we are back. Scotty, you got any quick, quick shout-outs? I do. I have four quick shout-outs. All right. Uh, my birthday is next month, and all I want for my 30th is for Kurt or Scotty to say, Tristan, I hope your birthday rocks ass. So, Tristan, <laughs> I hope your birthday rocks ass. Rocks buddy. ass. Happy birthday. Dana wants to wish Holly a happy birthday. She, uh, Holly is Dana's biggest cheerleader and the very best Bananimal. So, thank you, Holly. Happy birthday. Uh, Kit. Kits is the bomb. 
Our cat is the bomb. Cat is the bomb. Is taking her board exams on May seventh. I guess that means she's in med school or nursing school or, or something. Lawyer similar. school or lawyer I don't school. Know what they are. I or don't a patient. Know or a patient. <laughs> or a patient. <laughs> Or boarding school. We don't. Yeah. We're not. They're boards for boarding. School. She might be working at Home Depot on the lumber department. We don't. We know. don't know. But Cat is the bomb. Is taking May seventh. She's a bin animal for life. So we're wishing her good luck on those. And Ace, whatever it is, whatever it is, be the best. Uh, and finally, Annika wants to tell Ari that she loves him and misses him. And we'll see him soon. They're long-distance relationship in animals, and they both listen to bananas. So you guys are doing great. FaceTime, have fun together. You'll see each other soon enough. Air travel is easy these days. Yeah, and we are, of course, here with Cristela Alonzo. Thank best. you so much for being here, Cristela. Can I just say how in love I am with the word bananimals? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it took us a while. I love, like... Bananimals, I get so excited when I hear it. Oh, I'm gonna send you a you. shirt. Bananimals, yeah. Yeah. what? You're getting a shirt now. Oh, That's uh, the kind I, of attitude look, we like on this. I <laughs> would, I would rock a bananimal shirt so hard. Oh, I mean, all right, oh, yeah. we're one. Oh, bananimals, <laughs> and also, can I just say, I love the name of the podcast because I always say. That's bananas. bananas yeah. And when it's extremely crazy, I say, that's platanos. I say it in Spanish. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Like, that's platanos. That. I'm like, oh my God, that is so platanos. Like, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> like, <laughs> take it. Bananas uh, is great, though. So your the book, your Music to My Years, yes. that came out in 2019. How I mean, like, tell us a little bit about the book, maybe. Yeah. Maybe folks want to go get that book. I'm so in love with music. I th- You know, I think most of us are, but I of listen course. to hours of music every day. And I've always thought that, you know, um, you know, I never thought that my life was very interesting until you meet other people and you realize, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're just like, oh, okay, you know, because everyone, you know, everyone in my neighborhood kind of grew up like I did, and right. you know, I was asked to write a book and I wanted to do it, but then I thought, well, what, what makes it interesting or different from all yeah. the other books about right. your life, you know? Sure. So I started thinking about this playlist. I I make playlists for everything i mean Uh if it's specific like very specific topics or just very you know vague and just over Mm -hmm. everything so i made a playlist of the most important songs of my life and i each chapter is named the name of the song and i break down the song and i break down what it means to me and how it mattered in that part like part of my life and i tell a story yeah 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 so you know it's like so like I have songs, uh, you know, like I have uh, White Nights. I have uh, Say You Say Me, like, you know, because like, I loved it and I didn't know what dance was and I didn't know, you know, that chapter. I talk about how Gregory Hines, because I grew up in a border town in South Texas, yeah. we were all Latino. So I thought Gregory Hines was Latino yeah, because yeah. I was about <laughs> like seven or eight. And yeah. I just connected with him, and I'm like, I love this man. That's and then, great. like, you know, Barishnikov, I'm like this kid, again, in a border town, seeing ballet, and I'm like, this is incredible. And, yes. you know, that's the thing about music is that I hate when people ask you, what's your favorite kind of music? The what worst. Music, yeah. Right? Because it's like, well, you don't have one. It's kind of like when people ask you your favorite anything. I really don't have a favorite anything. When people no. ask you, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite... Like, it depends. Like, what it's are we talking about? It's a question for children. It is. It, it, yeah, it yeah. really is. I asked my daughter what her favorite color is. You know, yes. even at five, she's already like, well, sometimes I like blue, but, you know, sometimes I like green. And I'm like, that's exactly what the rest Good of your answer. life is. So yeah. it's, it's this thing where I wanted to do the playlist because I wanted to kind of show people some of the choices and see if they were surprised by them. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it was a perfect example to show you that. We all kind of have a lot more in common than we we would think. Of course, you know. And it also, it, like, when you listen to a song, you sometimes I'll be in a room where I lock eyes with somebody that's singing along with it, yes. and we're just we're happy that we're singing along with it, and it's just a moment of sheer joy. And I love that's those moments. I love having those moments. Yes. Oh, and I I think all the time about music, about the difference between music and comedy. Of that idea of like music, you want to be reassuring. You want to hear that same song (laughs) over and over and over again. And if you don't hear the song that you know by heart, you're pissed off. Whereas comedy is the exact opposite. (laughs) Like if you hear anything that's been done before that you like, I know this, fuck this guy. (laughs) 
<laughs> I always use Boston's more than a feeling. Like as an example, that song. I mean, how old is this song? And if you see Boston, you're like, they better fucking play more than a feeling. But yes. you know, like you know, yes. but with a comic, uh, they're like, Boo, we've heard about your wife already. <laughs> we get Move it. We on. Get- but imagine being a musician and having to play a song you wrote 40 years ago. That must be insane. I've thought about and, that. I've thought yeah. about it. I saw John Mayer. I don't want to brag. I saw John Mayer at the forum <laughs> recently. And that day I had talked to my friend and I asked him like a hypothetical. Like, do you think John Mayer gets just so sick and tired of singing that Wonderland song? Probably. Because you know, it's been forever. Yeah. And then at the show that night, Right before he plays it, he talks about how he has ebbs and flows with this song, how sometimes he just can't stand to play it, you know, like yes. sometimes he, do- he doesn't like it and sometimes he loves it. And, you know, so it, yeah, I can imagine what it's like. I think the thing that really sucks is how musicians, though, you can write love songs mm-hmm. to people that you love, but comics can't write love jokes. Oh, That's yeah. That's true. Like you can't write about how great someone is. They yeah, don't sincerity's wa- they don't not funny. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> My You're wife right. is so wonderful. I know exactly, but but like in music, it's like ooh, eternal love. I love you. Like you know what I mean? It's just so weird. <laughs> I had dinner with John Mayer about twelve years ago, and he was. Uh, I was out with another friend, our buddy Rob, and he was like, "Hey, we're gonna go." meet some other friends i said let's go we were in manhattan and we show up and it was john mayer and samantha ronson and a couple other people in that crew at that time and i think it's when she was dating Lindsay lohan it was like it was a very weird mix of people that i've never been around since but for that one night like he really likes to be funny or wants to be funny Mm -hmm. and he tried to be a stand-up yes and yes (laughs) the place where we were had one of those imbirico ham legs like that they have in barcelona and yeah yeah. and and so i just was like joking like give every table free ham i was like give them him on give them him on and then he got into it and then samantha ronson was like so nice she got into so we're just yelling give them him on to everybody and people were like john mayer really wants to get rid of this ham and then i was making rob laugh and he was like show them john's like what and i show him and at the time if you did a google search uh of why won't but w-o-n-t no apostrophe why won't it would autofill my parakeet eat my diarrhea yes (laughs) (laughs) so he opens his like gen one iphone types in y w o n t i don't even show him yet then it pops up and he starts laughing so fucking hard and then he tweets it he goes for a good time Sweet uh, Google search, why won't? And it just goes, why won't my parakeet eat my diarrhea? <laughs> he was like crying laughing. And then we like, uh, I wisely was like, and good night. You just leave on like your highest. You yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Just like moonwalk out of there, like wave to Sam Ronson. Um, is this where the podcast ends? How do we top this? No. <laughs> How do we top the story? How do we top the story? That's a great story. I love that fun. story. It was fun. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to hear about this goddamn bird? (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of birds. Yes, exactly. It wouldn't be a bananas if I did not do a story about a bird. Curdy B loves a bird story. I do. Curdy B. It's my main interest. It's so weird to be unconscious, to unconsciously reveal yourself as obsessed with birds. And I did not know I was until this podcast. This was sent in by Naomi Hampson. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you, Naomi. Uh, This was written in The Guardian. That's real. Written by... That's a real place. That's a real one. <laughs> this is written by Hannah Bourne Taylor. Oh. Uh, and this just came out. This She's just so came good. out so Friday, good. March 25th, 2022. She's the best. Uh, I love her. So She's the best. I'm going to skip the beginning part, but the beginning part good. kind of puts the, puts the, puts the, uh, gives you context for how this would happen. Sets and the essentially, table. yeah, it sets the table. Essentially, uh, her husband and her moved to Ghana. He was a, a photographer and uh, she loves nature, but they were living out in kind of like the middle of nowhere in Ghana. And because of his nice. visa, he got to travel a bunch and she was left alone. And I think she was. Here it is. Um, a tad lonely, maybe. Yeah, she said, I was isolated, homesick, <laughs> lacking purpose. Um, Why won't my parakeet eat my diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> 
So in September 2018, the rainy season was in full flow. After one particularly bad thunderstorm, I found a fledgling, a bronze-winged mannequin finch, barely a month old on the ground, abandoned by his flock, nest blown from the mango tree. His eyes were tightly shut, and he was shuddering, too young to survive alone. He was the size of my little finger, with feathers the color of rich tea biscuits, whatever this person's British. There we go. Inky eyes and a small bill like pencil lead. I placed him in a cardboard box with tea towels, mimicking a nest, stayed up all night researching how to care for him, spoke to an expert who said it would take 12 weeks to prepare him for the wild. The next day, he woke with his mouth open and a shrill hunger call. I fed him termites and instinctively chirped at him. He chirped back and clambered into my hand, digging his beak and digging in his beak and head, then fell asleep in my palm. As far as he was concerned, I was his mother. Mm -hmm. For the next 84 days... Whoa. This bird lived on her. Whoa. Uh, they say, she says, we became inseparable. He would fly along beside me or cling to me as I went from room okay. to room in the that house. Rocks. Yes. Uh, he'd rest in my hand uh, as he learned to, when, I, when she drove, he would just like rest in her hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he learned to fly, he'd make short flights from my hand to my shoulder to my head, mm-hmm. then <laughs> abseil down my waist length hair to rest again. Okay. Uh, when she would go to the toilet, she would go to the toilet one-handed. So he and like she had, she did everything Don't women one-handed. Women always go to the toilet one-handed, or women <laughs> using two hands in the bathroom. I think Usually, it's she, just it's just jazz yeah. hands up yeah, here, they're just clapping for themselves. Oh, Woo. for sure. It's kind of like it's like having our own drum line. <laughs> And let's see, then, um, oh yeah, so each day he made little nests in my hair on the groove of my collarbone, which filled me with all. He'd tuck himself under a curtain of hair and gather individual strands with his beak, sculpting them into a round of woven woven locks resembling a small nest, then settling inside, he would allow it to unravel when he was done and start again the next day. She learned his calls, the strong, the bond was strong. Wow. Um, his flock returned to the okay. grass, to the grasslands, and then they just kept like moving him closer and closer to the flock. And then after like the fourth day of like being with the flock, he just flew away with them. Great. And now the bird comes back and like just sits on a tree like every spring and like says hi to her and then flies away. Uh, again. Dream relationship. Is Fantastic. <laughs> Eighty-four days of intense intimacy, and then once a year you get to say hi to them. Oh my god! Is it April already? <laughs> Holy shit! That was amazing. Story. <laughs> you know that wasn't as weird as I thought that story was going to be. I thought it was like somebody yeah. was like, "You live in my hair now," and the bird's like, right. "Please God, this is a hairy prison." But that sounds like they had a very nice few months I, together. I mean, I, I read the title and I was like, I'm ready for Crazy Lady 101. <laughs> and then I read it and I was like, oh, this is like a very reasonable, nice woman who's taking care of this bird. Yeah, yes. <laughs> who's it, just like lonely. It's a Pixar movie. It is. <laughs> it really is. It really I know. Is. It's a totally wordless fucking Pixar movie, like, right? Yes. That's all oh, it is. Right so there. That, that's yeah. all it was. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, yeah, like, I don't know story. if it's a, I, I don't know if it's a, a wild story. It is, Kind of endearing. Tell us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unusual, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. certainly unusual. I also, I don't know why it just stood out to me that she talks about her waist length hair. Like, that's important. Like, very romantic. bragging a little bit. Very romance novel <laughs> You know what I mean? Very, like, skin of alabaster. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just a little bird. My clavicle sticks out enough that a bird can perch on it. <laughs> <laughs> the bird grabs my size zero waist. <laughs> my ample bosom. <laughs> yeah, I could see that going that way. I remember once I went. My um, my grandmother was. Um, she was. She lived in Florida for when I was growing up. A good and, start. Um, I went down, and for some reason, I was like staying with her mm-hmm. over Easter, and my mom wasn't there yet. I think my mom had to work still, so my mom was still working. 
And I was just down with my grandmother for a couple days. And it's Easter, and I was like seven years old. And I was like, Easter is like Easter. You know, like you, you wake up and you like, you go, you do something. There's something that signifies that it's Easter. Maybe there's a plastic Easter egg that's hidden someplace and you go and you pick it up. Or like somebody says, happy Easter in the morning. I wake up and it's just like, a, just another day. And I was just like, I was just like, oh no, Easter's not real. This is, I've been lied to this whole time. <laughs> and so I was like feeling like weird about it or sorry for myself as a seven-year-old. And then I went out and shed like this little pool in her backyard and, uh, and, a, and a, a duck and seven baby ducks had landed yes. overnight. And it was like they were in and then they just stayed all day long. Mm. And I just got to play with baby ducks. Oh. And there's like a weird connection between like ducks and Easter or like baby ducks and Easter, I feel like, right? Because it's like a Easter bunny lays duck eggs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it was, and it ended up being like one of the best Easter's ever, just because of these like baby ducks that were like just hanging out in the pool, and I got to swim around with them, and they didn't leave and like circle yeah, around. It was they are cute. As far as baby birds go, duckling might be number one on the call sheet. That's mm-hmm. a good baby bird. I think and we I just, we realize that Easter lives in all of us. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and that's when I realized I think that's what, that the, that we need to care, tear down the capitalist structure <laughs> yes. and just live in the woods, guys. Sometimes. <laughs> I look at cute ducks and I think Jesus died for this. <laughs> <laughs> he rose out and he was pissed as he was ascending to heaven. Where are the colored eggs? Where are the bunnies? My, so, so sorry. One Easter, my mom bought me a chocolate cross. Oh, really? we, like We grew up very Catholic and oh, I was yeah. so Us excited. Too. And then the moment it was time for me to eat the cross. <laughs> I started bawling because I was like, because oh, yeah. I'm eating it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Jesus. Yeah. And, like, and do you start with the head first? Do you start with his head? I just, right? I st- I you started. don't want to see this, King I of did. Kings. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but it'll be over soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Inri. Inri. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't it funny that they make boys in in Catholic school cut their hair and then every day you go and see a dude with long hair hanging on a cross when you're in mass? I think it's the craziest rule of all rules. That Why? Is so you're true. like, there's our main guy right there, and he's only 23 or 33. That guy's got his hair down to his shoulders. He could, he could have a bird make a nest in his hair. That's wow. so funny. Do you ever have you ever been to the Magic Castle? Christella, the I haven't. I have friends that can get me in there, but you I've gotta go. I, I'm a big, and I'm a big magic fan. Like I, I'm, okay. I'm the perfect audience for. Like I'm the person that's like I suspend disbelief. I'm like, if you're flying, you're fucking flying. Like I, yes. I'm in it. I love it. Well, this is good to know, and I will sincerely make sure to email you next time I'm going with a fun group of people because it is very fun for those who don't know. Yeah, I will absolutely invite you. Especially, I always just keep saying, oh, I love being astounded. Every time I walk into every room, I'm like, (laughs) am I going to be astounded? And they're like, please take a seat, sir. So for those who don't know, the Magic Castle is the center. It's like the headquarters of magic in the entire world where the world's best magicians, it's a club. They, If you're a magician, you have to kind of qualify to be there and you wear they wear little gold pins on their lapels or you can pay a few thousand dollars to be like a silver member you wear a little silver pin and then all night long there's like seven bars there's a really terrible dinner that you're supposed to pay for go to but there are these little rooms where they do close-up magic they do mental magic and then uh twice a night they do the main show, which is three magicians who are in town each do 20 minute sets together back to back to back. And it's sort of like the main the main thing. And sometimes it's crazy excellent. Sometimes it's a little silly. There's one I'll tell at one of our live shows because it's a very physical uh, story. Uh, Requires a lot of choreography. But one night I go and my friends and I are just, we're annihilated. We're as drunk as you can get in the Magic Castle without them kicking you out. The first guy comes up, he's amazing. And then the host comes up and they're like, this next guy is the greatest bird magician in the world the world you've seen him in vegas none of us had seen him in vegas you've seen him on tv no not once this man comes out dressed like um uh is it morpheus what's the lawrence fishburne in the matrix i was here i was there with you you were there Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) i was there i remember this and it was uh i was sitting behind you it and we were hammer town oh yeah 
And we go into the main show, and this man comes out with like the loudest Nine Inch Nails sort of house electronic music, and then in a leather jacket, all black clothes, just starts slinging his hands in the air left and right, and giant white birds just start appearing. <laughs> and all his act was for ten full minutes was just him moving really rapidly, and just an impossible <laughs> amount of birds coming out. And then his closing act was a giant white cockatiel like comes out of nowhere, and. It was the, we were scream laughing. We were crying <laughs> laughing because it's so ridiculous to be like, this person has spent more time crafting this craft than any of us have done anything. And all it is is like doing jumping jacks and four pigeons fly out of your jacket. <laughs> Wasn't it the best? My, you know, my first thought is, how do you know you're good at that? Like, how do you know that that's your thing? Like, yes, you're, what draws you're, you? you're like watching an episode of Law and Order. You're just like, whoa, I'm bored. <laughs> and it's like, hey, you know what I haven't thought of doing? Just fucking <laughs> shooting birds out. <laughs> like, it's like Spider Man webs out of my hands and stuff. Like, let's yes. do that. Yeah. Wow. You You have to admire it. You have to admire it. It is just, it's a commitment to a niche, uh, to a niche form of entertainment that you can do in three places in the entire (laughs) universe. Yes. You know? Beautiful. I love that sort of thing. God, we were crying, laughing. It was so good. Christelle, next time we all go, I will absolutely make sure you're on this. It is so good. I have to go. Like, and I, I, like, I just want to, I just want to be next to you when you say, Am I, I can't be wait to be astounded. I will look you dead in the eye, stone face, and go, I hope you're ready to be astounded. <laughs> oh, Christella, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, I had so much fun. I love being a banana <laughs> yes. yeah. you're, you're in. You're official. We'll send you a shirt. Yes. Um, Anything else you want to plug before we sign off here? Oh, no. Not that I can think of. <laughs> um, you know, well, I'm doing a show for the Netflix is a fast show. Uh, oh, oh, great. May 6th, 9.30 p.m. at the Regent Theater. Um, Beautiful. Tickets available at the website, netflixisajokefest.com. Could it? It couldn't be longer. Like, it couldn't nope. be a longer website. But yeah. Nope, sure couldn't. Yeah. Uh, go see Christella and get ready for her next special. And go back and watch... Lower classy if you've never seen it. Treat yourself. Have some fun for once in your life. <laughs> you will be astounded. You will be <laughs> astounded. Nice callback. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. You can listen, subscribe, and leave us reviews for Bananas on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your quality podcasts. And don't forget, you can hear every episode one week early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes, by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.